2: How a film ends is so, so important. It's actually arguably more crucial than any other part of the film. If you get it right, it can massively elevate even a mediocre movie, but if you screw it up, well, it can destroy about two hours' worth of viewer goodwill. And here, unfortunately, the endings that we got weren't exactly great, but within the same films lay the seeds for an absolutely brilliant one. So let's take a look at them today. So I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com, and these are 10 way better endings for recent movies. Number 10. Allison dies. Halloween kills. Now, Halloween Kills was a generally disappointing follow-up to 2018's franchise-saving sequel, concluding with a laughably predictable ending that just about everybody saw coming. Given that Kills was presented as the second film in a new trilogy of Halloween movies, it was incredibly easy to guess that it would end on a downcast cliffhanger, an Empire Strikes Back-esque bummer that set the stage for an emotionally charged final showdown in next year's Halloween Ends. And the most obvious choice was to kill off Laurie's daughter, Karen, who is indeed brutally stabbed to death by Michael Myers in the final moments of the film, but if filmmaker David Gordon Green wanted to deliver a truly shocking ending, he would have gone one step further and killed Laurie's granddaughter, Allison. This would have been far more impactful for several reasons. For starters, it would have subverted the passing of the torch expectation in a years later sequel, and it would have also been the worst possible thing Michael could have done to both Laurie and Karen, to literally kill the youngest member of their bloodline, annihilating their future, while teeing up a finale that couldn't be more personal. On top of this, Karen's death was a genuine bummer, because she's shown to be one of the film's most resourceful characters, only to pick up the idiot ball in the final moments and wander off into Judith Meyer's old bedroom unaccompanied. Conversely, Allison is shown to be reckless throughout the film, joining the group that's hunting Michael, and so her demise would have seemed a lot more plausible. Imagine if, when Karen is luring Michael out of the house by holding his mask, Michael instead just closes the front door and butchers Allison. Roll credits, now that is an ending. Number 8. Cassie's Killer Gets Away With It – Promising Young Woman Promising Young Woman is undeniably one of the most controversial and fiercely debated movies of the last year, with particular regard to its ending. Now, The film follows Cassie as she plots revenge on Al, the man who raped her best friend Nina years earlier and that led to Nina's suicide. Cassie hatches her plan at the end of the movie, but in a shocking twist, she's overpowered by Al, who smothers her to death with a pillow and, with the help of his friend Joe, burns her corpse before going to his wedding. It's a chilling outcome, albeit one which has its edges smoothed, all the way back by a tacked-on epilogue, where it's revealed that Cassie had made elaborate arrangements to ensure that Al would be caught in the event that he killed her. Though it provides some catharsis after Cassie's devastating demise, it's also incredibly convoluted and even silly, coming at the end of a film that had so much to say about the realities of women struggling to be believed, and also male privilege. It feels like a reshoot ending mandated by the studio, because when you look at the world today, isn't an ending where Al gets away with killing Cassie just a lot more, well, unfortunately realistic? Oscar-winning writer-director Emerald Fennell later stated that she originally intended to end the film with Cassie's murder, but at the behest of her financiers decided to make it slightly less depressing. 8. Cole Becomes Johnny Cage – Mortal Kombat Many Mortal Kombat fans wondered why the new movie's protagonist was an entirely original character, martial artist Cole Young. Enough that the totally believable rumour emerged that Cole was actually a secret origin story for the franchise legend Johnny Cage. It made a lot of sense. Beyond the baffling decision to include an audience insert character, Cole is literally a Cage fighter with movie star good looks. And yet the film comes and goes without any such reveal. Instead, Cole is indeed just a random human created for the movie, who at the film's end heads to Hollywood to seek out the actual actual Johnny Cage. It would have made this basically pointless inclusion of a new human character well worth it if he took up the Johnny Cage mantle at the end. The sequel could then open a few years later with Cage, an established martial artist, embarking on a career in Hollywood, before the third film saw him sink into his more typical cocky asshole persona from the games. But alas, it seems more likely that if we do end up with any sequels, Cole is just going to be tagging along as a third-wheel protagonist that nobody really asked for. Number seven, Natasha returns to Ohio. Black widow. Now, in the case of Black Widow, the superior ending was actually filmed and even released as an extra on Disney+, Plus, but was ultimately ditched in favor for something, well, much less interesting. The film ends with Natasha saving the day and Rick Mason supplying her with the Quinjet, as leads into the events of Avengers Infinity War. It's tidy, but a pretty boring, unemotional send-off for one of the mainline Avengers. The deleted epilogue, however, sees Nat return to Ohio, where she grew up and where a group of children are playing whilst pretending to be the Avengers. A young girl who who styles herself as Black Widow, walks up to Nat and playfully raises her fist, before Nat smiles and does the same, followed by a hard cut to black, the end. Having Nat return home to see the positive impact that she's had on young girls would have been much more thematically resonant, especially given some of the heated conversation about Nat's dubious status as a role model earlier on in the movie. This would have been so much more impactful and memorable as an ending, much more than Nat just getting into the Quinjet and flying off. Number 6. Candyman Destroys the Police Candyman Despite the undeniable craft that went into it, the recent Jordan Peele-produced Candyman sequel was a bit of a disappointment, particularly the cynical means through which it brought back the original Candyman. Though the marketing suggested that Tony Todd's Candyman would have a major role in the film, he ends up just being relegated to a seconds long cameo in the final moments, as the recently summoned Candyman transforms into the earlier version via a digitally de-aged Todd. As neat as it was to see Brianna summon Candyman to avenge her partner Anthony, who was shot by the police, Candyman stands off with the cops is too brief and restrained to be that satisfying. If the filmmakers wanted to present a truly daring and visceral engagement with modern day issues of blue on black violence, then they would have devoted the third act to Candyman basically taking on the entire surrounding police force. Imagine the police station assault from the Terminator, except this time it's Candyman slashing his way through the cop shop and avenging the thousands of black people needlessly slain by police. It would not have been subtle, and it would have definitely proved controversial, but considering how abruptly Candyman ended... Ends, it felt like it needed to do more and take its brutal vision much, much further. If you're going to prod the bear of systemic racism, at least do it with full conviction.
1: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to Quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Number 5. The blind man dies for real. Don't breathe too. Don't Breathe 2 wasn't a great sequel, though it does get some credit for boldly attempting to reinvent the blind man, aka Norman, as an anti-hero of sorts. A lot of fans question the decision to try and make the audience root for Norman, given that the first film outed him as a rapist and an abuser, and while the sequel doesn't shy away from his terrible past, it makes one fatal misstep when executing his redemptive arc. Norman spends the film caring for his 11-year-old adopted daughter, Phoenix, who is later revealed to be the daughter of meth cooks who wish to get Phoenix back in order to transfer her organs into her dying mother. Basically, Norman is a piece of sh**, but Phoenix's parents are even worse. This comes to a head in the film's finale, where Norman confesses his terrible actions to Phoenix before being mortally wounded by Phoenix's father. As he appears to die, he remarks to Phoenix that she saved his soul, the implication being that by saving her from her parents, he at least somewhat rebalanced the karmic scales for his own monstrous actions. Yet, this idea is unfortunately undone in a post credit scene, which shows Phoenix's father's dog approaching Norman's body and licking his Fingers, which then move slightly, suggesting there's still some life in him yet. While Norman dying for his sins doesn't let him off the hook for everything that he did in the first film, it did feel like a fitting end for a complicated individual. That the filmmakers couldn't resist but include some last minute sequel bait feels like a total slap in the face to any dramatic integrity the ending almost had. Number four, The Bad Guy Wins. Old. M. Night Shyamalan's new thriller Old may be uneven, but it sure is a wild ride throughout. The film reaches its natural end point when the middle-aged versions of Maddox and Trent get trapped in an underwater coral passage seemingly drowning, before it's revealed that the resort is actually a secret research facility conducting clinical trials of a new life-saving drug. The shadowy pharma company has used the beach's time-accelerating properties to conduct their long-form trials in mere days, allowing them to make major medical breakthroughs in a ridiculously short amount of time. It's a neat Twilight Zone-esque kicker of an ending, if it were the ending at least. Instead, the film continues for another 10 minutes with a more crowd-pleasing finale that feels like it was tacked on after poor screen testing. In this extended finale, we see Maddox and Trent are actually still alive and have brought the authorities to the resort who immediately shut the company's activities down. It's just a little too neat and sunny for an otherwise bleak and disturbing film, when the reality is is that mere mortals rarely triumph over monolithic corporations. Plus the fact that the company was actually doing something good for for humanity in the grand scheme of things albeit with a horrific ethical cost would make their victory that much more provocative instead we got a generic happy ending to send the popcorn gobbling masses home happy boo number 3 abby doesn't take harper back happiest season in what must surely be the most contentious and argued-about ending to any Christmas-themed lesbian rom-com ever made, Happiest Season concludes with Abby deciding to stay with her partner Harper, whose refusal to tell her parents about their relationship caused a tremendous amount of anguish for Abby. As much as the film is centered around the difficulties of coming out, especially to conservative, closed-minded families like Harper's, the happy ending still felt unearned in a lot of people's eyes, that Abby deserved better than to be with somebody who had to be so radically persuaded to fully embrace their relationship. When the The film skips forward a year to reveal that Abby and Harper are engaged, many saw it as a hollow and inauthentic moment, because we've seen none of the penance that Harper has presumably done to earn Abby's trust again. Viewers took to social media to express their frustration that Abby didn't end up with Harper's ex, Riley, with whom she demonstrated easy chemistry with earlier on in the film. Even Abby simply refusing to take Harper back would have been better, and while it wouldn't have made for the most typically Christmassy of endings, a scene where the pair meet up at a coffee shop a year later and have grown as people could have helped smooth over the total downer factor. Either way, Abby and Harper getting back together just felt like sentimental indulgence, one intended to appease undemanding holiday viewers rather than, you know, anyone looking for a satisfying character arc or actually believable behavior. Number two, Kate dies, Scott survives. Army of the Dead. Zack Snyder's balmy new zombie film Army of the Dead ends with the not terribly surprising outcome that Scott is bitten and turned into a zombie, leading to his daughter Kate killing him out of mercy and taking off as the heist's sole survivor. It was a tremendously unsatisfying ending for one major reason, though. Audiences actually cared about Scott, and nobody gave a damn about Kate. This is largely due to her character being written to have an obnoxiously low regard for the well-being of herself and everyone around her. Kate tagging along on the mission to seek out her missing friend causes massive head for everyone and results in several other unnecessary deaths, such that by the film's end, it's very tough to actually root for her survival. It would have been infinitely more gratifying for Kate to become a zombie and Scott to have to painfully reckon with putting his own daughter out of her misery. It would have been a definite downer ending, perhaps, but it would have given Snyder and Batista the chance to deliver something truly powerful, rather than simply leave a sour taste as the opposite outcome did. And number one, Black Ops Priests Battle a Demon, Demonic Neil Blomkamp's Demonic is one of the most dispiriting misses of the year, and further proof that the District 9 director has lost his mojo. This low-budget sci-fi horror is centred around the intriguing idea of a woman, Carly, accidentally unleashing demons after entering a simulation to interact with the mental remnants of her comatose mother. The marketing lingered on the deliciously enticing idea that the third act would feature a clan of black ops priests teaming up to battle demonic entities, but perhaps due to budgetary or pandemic-related restrictions, it never happens. Just as we expect a neat Aliens-esque bug hunt to kick off, Carly arrives at the site of the conflict only to find the priests have already been butchered off-screen. Talk about an anti-climax. What follows is instead a hot load of nonsense as Carly slays the demon rather than delivering the promised showdown between a fleet of badass Black Ops priests and the creature. Disappointing isn't even the word for this.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods